My name is Coach Joey Solowitz. I'm a certified health and wellness coach, and this is my unsolicited advice. Welcome back to Unsolicited Advice. I'm Coach Joey. I live in a place called Azores, Portugal. If you follow me on social media, you'll see me posting about it quite frequently. It's a pretty unique place that's a nine island chain in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, and they're Portuguese islands. If you had to give a comparison, I would say they're some type of version of Portugal's Hawaii. Nine islands, volcanic, smack dab in the middle of the Atlantic. If you were to fly from Boston to Lisbon, you'd fly over the islands in about four hours, and then you would have two more hours to land in Lisbon. Not a lot of people know about these islands. At least they didn't used to. I, however, have been acquainted with them for well over 13 years now. First time I ever came here was funny. There was one airline that flew to or from the island, and it was an airline called Azores Airlines. Imagine that. I didn't know this airline existed. It was a small airline, and when I was trying to come here, it was to meet a girl. I told her that I would come meet her, I would come fly to the island, which she lived on, and we would spend some time together. Well, I got online to Expedia.com to buy my ticket, and because Azores Airlines didn't partner with Expedia.com, the flight route that Expedia provided me was Phoenix, Arizona, where I was based, to London Heathrow, which was a 10-hour flight, with a seven-hour layover in London Heathrow, then a two-hour flight down to Lisbon, Portugal, and then another flight from Lisbon, Portugal, back across the Atlantic to the islands that I was trying to get to. Seemed a little unusual to me. I was like, man, that's quite a flight path, but that's the only way to get there. Expedia knows best. I guess I'll buy it. So I bought it. Well, my flight out of Phoenix was delayed, which caused me to miss my connection at Heathrow, which caused me to miss my connection in Lisbon, and it ended up taking me well over 48 hours to get to this island for the first time. I'll never forget walking off the plane and walking up to the woman who I was here to meet, and she says, I don't know why you didn't just fly Azores Airlines out of Boston. And I said, well, why would I have taken an airline that I didn't know existed? Would have been nice to have that information a little while ago. But anyway, that's the type of place it was 13 years ago. But since then, this island has changed a lot. Low-cost airlines have started to arrive, bringing in tourists from all over the world at affordable prices. The islands get featured regularly in magazines like National Geographic and Condé Nast, bringing even more interest to them. Tourism has exploded, and with that has come the industry, the infrastructure, and the development that tourism brings. And on the one hand, it's been a lot of fun to watch it grow, see the population grow, see more new and interesting people arrive every single day, see the economy improve. But on the other hand, it's kind of sad to see it change from what it once was to what it's now clearly becoming. The first time I ever came here, there wasn't even so much as a freeway. If you wanted to drive from one side of the island to another, you were doing it on tiny little roads we call Canadas to get from village to village on a two-lane highway where if you missed a turn, you were crashing into a wall. Well, now we've got infrastructure and freeways and giant bridges, and certainly it makes it more convenient. But if you're familiar with what it was before all of that came to pass, it just brings a little bit of nostalgia. I'm an expat on this island. I'm an American. I've known of the islands for 13 plus years, but I've lived on them consistently now for two and a half years, this time around. The first time around was 12 years ago when my first daughter was born. I moved here 12 years ago. It was one of the most interesting things I've ever done in my life. At the time, I was a manager at the Chili's Corporation. I was a restaurant manager, 25 years old. And my future wife and I decided to get married. She was from here. 
So not knowing how to handle that, an international relationship, navigating visas, who's moving where, we determined that it would be easiest for me to move to Portugal. The visa rules were just less stringent than those in the United States. So I sold everything I owned down to what fit into a hiker's backpack and a duffel bag. I had a couple grand in the bank. I bought a ticket and I moved to the island. I left everything I knew behind. I owned literally nothing except for a box of old yearbooks that I left at my mom's house. And I landed on the island, like I said, with a backpack, a duffel bag, and a couple grand in the bank to get married and have a baby. I didn't speak the language. I didn't know anything about living in another country. I didn't have any job prospects. Needless to say, I had a little bit of anxiety about how the whole thing was going to unfold. But it felt like the right move at the time. After all, I had a baby on the way. That was the first time around. We ended up being here for the better part of a year before we decided to go back to the United States. And once we were back in the United States, we stayed there for the better part of eight years before ultimately deciding to come back to this island. Got back about three years ago. And that's what this episode is about. It's about my experience, and most importantly, my lessons learned in being an expat based in Azores, Portugal for the past three years. There's a couple things I want to talk about. Three lessons learned that stand out above all else. I'll list them right now. Lesson one, you need to get comfortable being uncomfortable if you're going to be an expat. Lesson two, you need to get damn good at spending time by yourself if you're going to be an expat. Number three, you need to learn that home is where your two feet are and anywhere you go back to is never going to quite feel the same again. What do I mean by that? Let's start with lesson one, get comfortable being uncomfortable. I live in a rural place. The island itself is rural, but there's certainly areas that are more metropolitan, if you can call it that, than others. The place on the island that I live, the north coast, happens to be the more rural side of the island. I mean it when I say that I literally am the neighbor to a cow farm, active chickens. If I need eggs, I go down to my next door neighbor's house and ask her for them from her chickens in the coops behind the, the property. If I go on a walk, I'm literally walking through the countryside by active cow ranches. It's rural. There's tractors that drive up and down my street. There's two lane highways that you're often stuck on because there's cows being moved from one pasture to another and there's no possible way to get around them. It's different. I don't know if I mentioned it. I don't think I did. But I'm from Phoenix, Arizona. Not only Phoenix, but the suburbs of Phoenix, Arizona. I could not imagine two places more opposite of each other than the suburbs of Phoenix, Arizona and the north coast of São Miguel, Azores, Portugal. Literally down to every detail. It's hot in Phoenix. It's temperate in Azores. It's desert in Beijing. Beijing. It's desert in Beijing, Phoenix. It's green and lush in Azores. It's dry in Phoenix. It rains every day in Azores. It's suburban and urban in Phoenix. It's rural in Azores. Every single thing is different. And I'm having to learn how to get comfortable being uncomfortable because quite frankly, everything about living here is different for me. Sure, I've been in and out of these islands for 13 years. Sure that my kids are Portuguese and I've got deep roots to the Portuguese culture. But at the end of the day, I'm still an American from suburban Phoenix, Arizona, living in the rural countryside of a small European island in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. It lends itself to uncomfortable scenarios. Things as simple and innocuous as going to the grocery store and needing to ask where something is. Now, over the course of the years, I've done my best to learn the Portuguese language. I speak it well enough. I'm far from perfect and I still have a terrible accent. 
but ultimately I can speak the language, but still words come up from time to time that I just don't know. For instance, I needed band-aids the other day. For instance, I needed band-aids the other day. Well, think about it. You know the word band-aid. You know what that means. But how often do you actually say the word band-aid? I would imagine not very often. Now imagine you're in a country where you don't speak the language and something as innocuous that you would know the word of in your home country, band-aid, is what you need. And you have absolutely no idea how to say that word. And you're sitting there talking to the store clerk, trying to gesture and mimic what it is to put on a band-aid, looking like a total fool until ultimately they pull out their phone and just translate it for you because, oh yeah, Google Translate. But there's plenty of opportunities like that to just feel like you just don't quite fit in. And those are some of the fun ones, but there's also ones that are slightly more esoteric. At the end of the day, like I said, I'm an American. I was raised in America. That's the culture I know. It's how I think. And you don't really realize how ingrained your culture results in your line of thinking being until you're in a culture that thinks differently than you. Now, I'm not saying it's all bad, but I'm saying that there's things about being an expat based in another country that lend themselves to you realizing that you don't see the world the same way that the people around you do. And that's a challenge. It's something that you have to get comfortable being uncomfortable about because you're not always gonna to relate to the conversation. You're not always gonna be able to understand the words that they're using, even if you speak the language. You're not always gonna be able to understand their perspective of the world. And as importantly as that, they're not always going to understand your perspective of the world. So you do your best to try to fit in and you do your best to try to find your community, but ultimately you get comfortable being uncomfortable because you never quite feel like you're amidst the people who would understand you best from your own culture. And that's okay. I like it that way because it helps me grow. There's one thing that I know and that I've come to learn over the years is that the more uncomfortable I feel, the more it means I need to lean into whatever's happening. I wanna take a brief pause in today's episode to tell you about my Patreon page. You may or may not have heard of Patreon before, but if I were to summarize it succinctly, it's essentially a way for content creators such as myself to ask listeners like yourself for money. The life of a content creator is rewarding, but not without its challenges. And I aim to bring you the best possible content that I can week in and week out. Any support helps. Check me out on Patreon at patreon.com backslash coach Joey Solowitz. Lesson two, get good at spending time by yourself. I live alone. When I moved here, it was to live with my family, but since then my wife and I have separated and that's okay. That's a sad story, but it's okay. But ultimately, it resulted in a situation where I live alone in the rural countryside of a European island in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. I have a nice home on a plot of land. It's very green, very lush. I have a beautiful home that I'm very proud of. But ultimately, I live in it alone. I've got some friends here, sure. I've developed a community here, sure. I love the people that I'm surrounded by. But I spend a lot of time by myself. On top of that, I maintain my employment back in the United States. So even my working hours aren't very conducive to having a robust social life. We're seven hours ahead of the United States out here in the Azores, so my average workday starts around one or two in the afternoon and goes until nine or 10 at night. So Monday through Friday, something as nebulous as going and grabbing a bite for lunch or having dinner with a friend is just not something that's in the cards for me given my work schedule. Getting back to the being comfortable, being uncomfortable. When you're an expat, like I said a minute ago, Sometimes just leaving the house can be tiring. Trying to figure out what band-aids are in the grocery store can be an exercise in futility. And that can be exhausting. 
because you don't want to have to have a battle every single time you leave the house to figure out how things work. So sometimes you just want to be by yourself. Even if the circumstances would lend themselves to you being able to go hang out with some friends or get out to a bar or a restaurant or what have you, sometimes it's easier to just hang out by yourself and be in an environment where you know you have complete control of the circumstances and the culture in that household. So I've gotten comfortable being alone. I don't have an issue driving down to have a late bite to eat by myself with a good book at a restaurant. I don't have an issue going to the cinema by myself. One of my favorite things to do on this island is take a day, like a Saturday or a Sunday or a random day off that I might get in the middle of the week and throw a swimsuit and a towel in my backpack and drive across the island to the hot springs and I'll spend the whole day by myself at the volcanic hot springs. Take a hot bath, I'll go have a nice lunch, I'll go for a long walk through a quaint little village or maybe a hike, I'll read my book, and I'll do the whole thing by myself. The only words I'll say the entire day are the words I have to say to buy my ticket to the hot springs and to order my meal at the restaurant. And I'm comfortable with that. It's okay to be by yourself. In fact, I would say that many of us might get to know ourselves just a little bit better if we weren't so quick to constantly be trying to be entertained by other people. If we learned what it was to sit inside with ourselves and introspect before we go seek validation from others. I'll tell you this much, the amount of time that I've spent alone out here in the past three years has given me lots of cause for introspection. Everything that I say, everything that I post on social media, everything that comes out of this podcast right now truly arose from the introspective moments that I've had to have by virtue of sitting by myself, walking by myself, eating by myself, going to movies by myself, and going to Days in the Hot Springs by myself. And I'm happy for it, truly, because I feel like I know myself better at this moment than I ever would have had I not had this opportunity to be an expat. So you got to get comfortable being by yourself. Lesson three, home is never going to feel like home the same way again. And again, that's okay. I'm lucky enough that I get to go back home a few times a year. I'll go spend a few weeks in Arizona, my hometown Phoenix. I'll see family, I'll see friends, I'll interact for my business, and it'll be great to be home. A relief even. To walk into a grocery store and buy Band-Aids without having it become an exercise in a game of charades. It's cathartic. But simultaneously, when you step off that airplane back into your hometown, you realize that you've changed. You realize that you don't see the world exactly the same way that you did when you left. And if you do see the world exactly the same way as you did before you left, then you might have been missing an opportunity to ingrain yourself in the culture that you're living in as an expat. Things should change in your mind. Your perspective should broaden. You should walk up to people who you used to relate to perfectly and feel like, you know what? There's just something about how I see the world having had this experience that I don't know if you can relate to. That's okay. It doesn't mean you can't connect with the same people. If anything, it means that you can connect deeper because you have more to share now. You have a broader perspective. You're never going to feel like home is home exactly the same way as it used to be again. But that's a beautiful thing because suddenly you get the opportunity to realize that home is nothing more than where your two feet are and where you're building yourself up to be the person that you want to be. Whether I'm in the Azores or whether I'm in Phoenix, Arizona, I know I'm home. I know that there's people that love me. I know that I'm okay being by myself if there's not. I know that I can be comfortable being uncomfortable. And I know that those moments of discomfort make me appreciate the comforts of home even more than that would have previously. 
it's okay that home won't feel the same ever quite again, but it doesn't mean it's not a little sad and melancholic every single time you get there and you realize that you just aren't quite the same as you were when you left. It was funny, I put up a post on social media the other day. My cousin, she's an amazing photographer, and a couple months ago when I was leaving Phoenix last time, we had dinner at my house, and as she was leaving, I was standing outside the front door having a melancholic moment, feeling sad that I was saying bye to my family, feeling a little bit depressed that I didn't know when I was gonna see them again, and she snapped a photo at just the right time that I didn't know she was taking. You could really see the sadness on my face. You could see me processing the moment. And that's something that I get to experience at least a few times a year. Having to say bye to people who I love while simultaneously knowing that tomorrow I'm gonna to get to say hi to others. Those melancholic moments teach you something about yourself and they teach you something about the nature of the depths of your relationships. Because even though it's sad to walk away and say bye to the people that you love periodically, it's a pretty profound feeling to know that when you go back, that relationship with that person is gonna be as deep and connected as ever. Because distance has no bearing on the profundity of our relationships, especially this day and age. I mean, hell, get on my social media and you can see my entire life unfolding before your eyes if you look at my stories. I know, I'm lame, but like I said, I spend a lot of time alone. It gives me plenty of cause and time to film random moments in my day and post them online for laughs. So anyway, those are the three lessons that I've learned so far in being an expat living on an island in the middle of the Atlantic by myself for the past three years. You got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. You are going to be best off if you learn how to be good at spending time by yourself. And you just have to understand that even though home might not ever feel exactly the same again, home still is going to be home. And that's the place where your two feet are and you're trying to build a life that you're proud of. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you got something out of today's episode. As always, I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you found value in what we talked about here today, please make sure to subscribe to the show, leave a review, and most importantly, share it with somebody else who you think might enjoy listening. Thanks again.